It is time for our pop and culture segment once again, and uh, once again we are pleased to be joined by the president of DFSB Collective, Mr. Bernie Cho. Hello, sir. How are you doing, Mr. Henry Shen? I'm <laughs> doing great. Uh, always good to see you. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it. Uh, first, we're going to talk about some of these uh, K-pop. history documentaries and you want to first highlight the one uh, being aired by SBS? Yeah, actually it's been a pretty interesting um, Q1 2021 because um, kind of unexpectedly among some of the um, more interesting shows on Korean TV actually are not dramas, they're, they're documentaries. Mm, mm. And um, the first one out of the gates was from SBS called Archive K, um, which is sort of a uh, history of not just K-pop but Korean music as a whole. And this show really came about um, kind of by maybe happenstance and serendipity. Um, a former music director at SBS, c h e j o n g y u n PD, um, she decided that um, it was time to archive uh, music history in Korea. And what started out as an archival project evolved into a TV documentary series. Mm. And now that the documentary has done really well, um, there's been sort of a campaign or contest or an outreach called the Archive Cave Challenge, where fans are submitting their sort of private personal videos and experiences um, with Korean musicians over the years. And so uh, this particular documentary series, um, you know, which has covered a wide range of you know, indie artists, icon artists, and, and, and idol artists, um, has really created a, um, an interesting positive buzz in the music industry because uh, this type of stuff you only talked about maybe over soju and barbecue. Yeah. So it was nice to see it on the screen. Um, and this was really more geared towards the local audiences. Mm-hmm. And then um, simultaneously, uh, YouTube just came out with a YouTube original series called K-pop Evolution. Mm. And this particular documentary series was more geared towards the outside of Korea fans and audiences. And so, you know, for those fans out there who are looking for either a broad sweeping look at the Korean music history or a deep dive look at the Korean music history, you not just have one, but you have two options. Right. So it is kind of indicative of that as the interest in K-pop grows and grows and grows, becomes more and more mainstream. Uh, We have another uh, pop and culture pundit who joins us on a bi-weekly basis who I'm sure you know well, Kim Young-dae, right? Oh, um, yeah. The, the uh, I very believe famous you guys music. hosted a, a Korea Society a seminar recently together. Or... That's actually coming up next oh, right. week. Because I get spammed by them. And oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Thank and I you. Said, oh, Bernie. And, uh, oh, Kim hey, <laughs> spam is great. Right. You know? But so, I mean, you're seeing a lot more of these uh, kinds of kind of uh, calls for, we want to find out more about what actually is like the 90s, what 90s K-pop was like, what 80s K-pop was like. And, and I guess that interest is going to continue to Yeah, I mean, one of the things is that, you know, K-pop has somehow become an academic subject. And, Mm. you know, if anything, Mm. the COVID pandemic has really been a sabbatical for most people. And so this has been a great time to kind of take a step back and sort of really in order to get a grasp of what K-pop's future is, you have to kind of look at the past. And what was really fascinating about the K-pop evolution documentary series, and full disclosure, I was a a consultant and a commentator on it, This was produced by a Canadian production company called um, uh, Banger Films. They were actually known, if the name kind of gives it away, they were known actually for their heavy metal documentaries. And then they had a uh, huge hit on their hands on Netflix with the Hip Hop Evolution Mm. documentary series. Um, And they got the green light uh, because one of their producers actually is a Korean-Canadian. Um, whose dad was actually in uh, a Korean rock band in the 70s. Ah. And so as not just a professional, but a really personal passion project, uh, got the green light to do a K-pop 
Evolution series. And um, it just started airing on March 31st. And for those who subscribe to YouTube Premium, you can do the sort of Breaking Bad binge watch all at once. But for those who just use the regular YouTube, uh, every Thursday they release a new episode. So they've done an Origins episode, an Idol episode, a K-pop goes global episode. And then next week, I believe it's a fandom episode. And then I actually haven't seen the last two episodes yet. Okay, so if if you're a premium subscriber, you can watch it on demand. Uh, If if you're a free subscriber, then you can just, you have to kind of match it with the the library. Just wait once every week. Uh, Next, you got a couple of uh, kind of reports here looking at, I guess, assessing the industry as a whole now. Uh, First, you want to start off with the uh, 2021 IFPI Global Music Report? Yeah, that's a mouthful. So (laughs) I'm sure many of you and yourself included are wondering, what is the IFPI? The IFPI is uh, shorthand. Uh, It's not a K-pop boy band or girl band. It's shorthand for the International Federation of the Phonographic Music Industry. Uh, The easiest way to really describe it is what FIFA is to international football leagues. The IFPI is to Mm. the international music industry. And then every year they come out with a global music report. Um, And what was fascinating was, uh, you know, obviously due to the COVID pandemic, uh, a lot of industries um, took a really hard hit. Um, Fortunately, in the entertainment industry, uh, especially video games and to some degree, obviously, with um, streaming OTT platforms, with people being more at home, actually business got better. Music kind of stayed steady. Um, Last year, they did about 7.4% year-on-year growth. Which is good. It's modest, but it's good. It's kind of to be expected, even if there wasn't COVID. But what was absolutely amazing was compared to the global modest growth of 7.4%, Korea just went absolutely gangbusters. Mm. Um, Their growth was massive. Last year, Korea had 44.8% year-on-year growth, which made it the fastest growing music market in the world in 2020. And one of the takeaways from this new report is... um, K-pop is not just Korean pop music anymore. It has just come straight up pop music. And what I mean by that is when we look at the top 20 best-selling albums in the world, um, Korea placed not one, not two, but six albums in the top 20. And um, again, if uh, we didn't have social distancing restrictions and we were at a cocktail party, you know, these are some fun facts and figures to throw out there. Obviously, BTS had the best-selling album. They had the second best-selling album. They were just straight up the best-selling artist in the world. Uh, They sold almost four times more than the second closest artist, Taylor Swift. So um, BTS clocked in at 9.33 million albums sold in 2020. Now, the other artist that made it in the top 20 is Blackpink. No surprise there. Um, They were the best-selling female band in the world. But the surprise coming in at number 20 was um, Kim Ho-jung, mm. a trot slash classical music singer who mm. did extremely well in Mr. Trot. He had the best-selling classical album in the world, and it turns out it was enough to get him into the top 20. And so Korea last year had the same number of albums as the U.S. So Korea produced six of the best-selling albums slash artists in the world which was neck and neck with the U.S., which I thought I'd never see that happen, but it did, 2020. So it's, it, the growth is digital, they're growing fast, physical, right? Vinyl or a CD, they're growing fast, 
All, and then if, if the pandemic wasn't here, probably concerts, they'd probably be generating um, a lot of revenue as well, right? Absolutely right. And so, um, you know, obviously with streaming music, um, Korea had very healthy growth. It was roughly around maybe 25% year-on-year growth, which is fantastic. If you're doing double-digit growth, you're doing good. But what was mind-blowing was um, it wasn't digital that really put Korea above and beyond. It was physical mm. music. Um, Korea had the fourth... fastest growing vinyl music market in the world with 150% plus growth. Um, And last year, Korea emerged as the second biggest CD music market in the world. It surpassed the US and is now right behind Japan. Um, And then what took me by surprise, shouldn't have actually, was Korea emerged as the number one fastest growing video streaming music market Mm. in the world. And um, again, as I mentioned before, um, Korea as a whole, it came in uh, as the sixth largest music market in the world. But um, the eye-popping statistic, it was the fastest growing music market in the world with 44.8% year-on-year growth. And from your expertise in this, nothing you see here indicates that pandemic or not, this is not a sustainable sort of growth plan. Obviously, you're not going to get 44% every year, but this is something that looks like. continuingly gaining more market share and kind of moving up the ranks from 6th to 5th to 4th? I think we'll continue to see positive growth. I mean, this was just um, a really strong pivot by the Korean music industry to essentially make uh, lemonade from lemons and a very tall glass of cool iced lemonade. Um, But definitely some takeaways are is that um, Korea has really figured out a way to make um, physical music relevant Mm -hmm. again. And I, th- I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, but more importantly is the consistent, steady growth of digital music, um, particularly with streaming. But the big picture takeaway is that uh, Korea has moved from being a music power to now a music powerhouse mm. on the global music stage. Yeah. I mean, last week we talked about the high back acquisition by Big Hit, obviously, kind of similarly along those lines, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, people in the music industry are still trying to wrap their heads around the implications and the impact and and the potential influence of what this hype deal, Mm -hmm. basically combining the best-selling artist in the West with the best-selling artist of the East, uh, the the sky's the limit. So we'll see what happens. Pretty exciting times indeed. As always, Bernie Cho, thank you very much and look forward to talking to you again soon. We'll be back soon again, I'm sure.